My guest today on the White Hot Magazine podcast is David Henry Nobody Jr. I've been friends with and associates of David for a number of years through the art world in New York over the last decade. And I had a chance to speak with him about the videos that he makes called Resemblage um, that you can see on his Instagram page and his show opening in the UK at Unit London. David Henry Nobody. We are good. Oh, that's much better. Oh, good. Yeah. I didn't think that you were um, going to arrive today, but you have shown up, and uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are interested in what you do and what you're about. Um, I think I first started seeing your work on Instagram. What is your current project? Because we just did an article about you in White Hot Magazine, uh, Coco Dole. Is that how you say her name, Coco Dole? That's correct. Now, she did an article about you and uh, traced some of your history and talked about some of your projects. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a performance artist or a sculptor or a photographer or a video artist? Do you, do you make those kind of distinctions? Um, I mean, I think that the, my work is, uh, I'm usually, I am trying to blur the boundaries. So I think the, uh, it's influenced by a lot of those different aspects. And as the technology has changed and made it easier to blur boundaries. I've gone ahead and done it with my work also too. But, re- but really I come from, um, uh, before I knew you, I forget when, when did we meet? You've always known me. Everybody knows time that we did not know each other. That, okay. All right. Okay. I, I accept the, that, that, <laughs> that sounds, um, but I mean, I come from a time, um, in the mid to earlier 1990s when I was a sort of underground performance artist and sculptor. And I mean, I showed a little bit in the art world, but uh, I really came from uh, what is known in Williamsburg, but not well-known because it wasn't trying to be well-known was, was this sort of, uh, was an immersionist performance art scene in these warehouse parties and stuff. And that's where I started, Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, people weren't trying to become famous they were actually just doing it purely for the hell of it. Um, I may have become aware of you through Joe Heaps Nelson. Joe Heaps, Joe, rest in peace. That, that, yeah. that is, uh, that's devastating. There, mm-hmm. there, have been, there have been a lot of hard ones in the last couple of years, and that, that was a hard one. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I met Joe uh, working for, uh, for where I learned a lot about contemporary art too um, in the earlier nineties was w- working on the trucks for Crozier fine art and Joe worked on the trucks also. And I remember he was like really skinny and he had like a, some kind of weird bowl haircut or something. And I was like, <laughs> he was such, <laughs> such a weird guy. He was, you know, we were both really young, like 24, 25 or something like that. But I just recollect him being really, really weird. But I, I met Joe on the trucks there. Um, where we worked with actually, uh, there were a couple well-known artists that, that worked on the trucks. Kim Jones was one. That was the first person I saw that was like in character, like all the time. Like he was constantly in a state of performance art. It was like really, really vexing and really inspiring. 
state of performance art. That's interesting. Yeah, but that period, like in the '90s, of like of people being in character all the time, mm-hmm. like and, and and no differentiation between like art and life <laughs> as a lifestyle. And now, like, what was that? You were doing a character where you were meeting, you were saying you were the son of a celebrity or, uh, or yeah. a politician. That happened, yeah, that happened a little later. Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of different periods and been involved in a lot of different scenes. Um, so moving on from the earlier to mid '90s and a lot of underground stuff and collaborations with British artist Dominic McGill. Uh, Then it kind of moves into the later 90s where I stalked Trump for a year as a performance, uh, which didn't really raise a lot of eyebrows at the time. I remember actually I had a large print of me uh, in character uh, with Trump. Um, It was like I printed it huge, like, I don't know, 40 by 60 inches or something. And it was in a group show at Artist Space. And Jeffrey Deitch looked at me, walked up to it and looked at me and uh, looked at the piece and went, um, good. Yeah. And he walked away and I was like, okay. Mm. Uh, uh, so, so things kind of built up by the late nineties and I got a lot more interested in celebrity fanatics and the idea of celebrity as a sort of um, construct. And although I did stalk Trump for a year, it wasn't, really a big piece at the time who the hell knew what was going to happen um but uh the big piece at the time was was yeah i went out for a year uh as uh diane von furstenberg's son uh alex von furstenberg uh performing in character as him when i when i went out at night and i crashed like vip political and celebrity parties um i think there's 60 photos in the collection um I carried a 35 millimeter little point and shoot Instamatic camera with me and I would hand it to strangers. Um, I think out of an in- interest from Fluxus of like the idea of the audience completing the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the shots are like pretty random, um, making them more real. Um, mm-hmm. That was a pretty, pretty big breakthrough period that, that, and um, I showed that piece uh, with a, a young Roebling Hall gallery at the time. Um, so you were really involved in the early Williamsburg gallery scene, like when there was like a gallery in every bathroom and every apartment. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I come from even before that when there were no galleries. I mean, there was like Heron test site in the earlier 90s and then maybe Pierogi by 96 or something. But Pierogi didn't really wasn't in on the performance art scene at all. They were really into like paintings and drawings. And right. Objects. I remember he had that flat file. He might still have it, but it was like this flat file that would have a lot of works on paper and then that would tour to different places. Yeah, it was great. It was it's a great it's a great gallery. There's and they're still going. Are I they even, still in the same location? No, they moved to the Lower East Side like uh Oh, that's right. Maybe five, six years ago. I don't know. Right. Um I just I mean, remember I, my introduction to the god Joe what's his last name? Joe Amarine. Right that he was really revolutionizing stuff in the nineties, which I think he was kind of in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I don't know if I was in any group. I, I was a little bit featured in Pierogi more in the earlier two thousands. I actually, I showed the Alex von Furstenberg project to Joe and he was interested in showing it, but I thought his gallery wasn't physically big enough and Roebling hall had a big space. Right. So I went with them, but I also showed the project to, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Colin at American Fine Arts, and he thought it was shit and wasn't going to go anywhere. And <laughs> I showed it to Jack Tilton too, and he's like, he's like, I don't think you have anything going on with this, <laughs> right? 
So I went with Roebling Hall because they had they seemed like the most enthusiastic and mm-hmm. they had a great space. And when did the sort of I don't know if it's like it's almost kind of like your solo art spotlight or something. I mean, I'm saying this because I remember you being in various art groups. You were yep. in the Fantastic Nobodies at one yes, particular yeah. point. And yep. then that kind of progressed to you. I Suddenly I see you and you're doing, you call it, is it resemblage? Is that what you resemblage, call it? Resemblage, yeah. And when did, how did you get into this thing where you're like, collaging on your face and pouring spaghettios or pouring syrup making a bowl of cereal on your face in a plastic mm-hmm. bag and like what did that come out of another thing and kind of recapitulate sure into, or i think if you take like alex von furstenberg like the idea of like kind of inhabiting an image and like walking around as like this kind of uh intentionally symbolic image in a in a real in a sort of reality hacker context, which is another term I use for my work, reality hacker, social sculptor. Uh, uh, and then you kind of go through a decade with the fantastic nobodies, which is a big influence for my work. And the reason why I call myself David Nobody is I maintain the last name, no, nobody, like uh, not ascribing myself to the Ramones, but you know how like the Ramones called themselves D.D. Ramone and Joey Ramone. I wanted oh. to keep, keep the nobody. Now, none right. of the other guys in the collector decided to keep the name. So, right. oh, well, but I kept it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, uh, I mean, that that work that, that I did with those guys really. Um, when I look back at Alex von Furstenberg, those pieces seem like quite. um almost dogmatic to me now. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the nobodies like broke all the freaking rules. Right. Okay. Well, I don't want to go on and on about the fantastic nobodies. No, no, I'm not going to. Maybe you can just remind everybody who was in that group before we move on to a different topic. Oh, do I have to? <laughs> well, just name the, the, the members. Oh, okay. I kind of had a falling out with them. No, I can it's skip. fine, but just... Okay. It's uh, Steve Johnson, Eric Lane, Chad Spicer, Mark Grubstein, Daniel Joseph, uh, and myself. Right. So it was six members. Yep. And they're all doing their own art thing now. Yep. Everybody's, they're all still doing things. I know what falling, falling out with people is like, and it can get pretty toxic. So, um, yeah, I would not. The nature of the art world, people are creative people, people are crazy people, and sometimes egos and creative visions um, don't always meet up in real time. Uh, Certainly I understand that because I've been an artist working in New York for years and also Mm -hmm. publishing like thousands of articles and dealing with hundreds of writers and gallerists and on and on and on. Um, So when was the first time that you kind of did let's say Instagram because that's you have a big following on Instagram for these assemblage Mm -hmm. performances. When was the first time you really kind of uploaded something of that sort to Instagram? I joined Instagram in 2014 and within, within a year, like maybe by late 14, early 15, I started face painting on myself. I saw that obviously if you use yourself in your posts, it gets more likes. 
it's very simple. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. That kind of like takes me back to self, the self-portraits, which with working with a collective, I was often behind the camera a lot, basically. I had moved out of the being in, in on camera. I was, but I shared it with many others. And somehow social media kind of made me focus on on the construct of, of the self uh, it, pretty quickly, like it lent itself to it. So by four, late 14, early 15, it, I kind of started face painting and then it took off from there. Right. But when did you suddenly put an Instagram post up about this resemblage thing for the first uh, time? I would have to look that up. I think Well, the, not necessarily the exact date, but I mean, do you remember doing the first one? Uh, well, it was an evolution. If you look at my Instagram, you can see that I, I was very experimental in 2015. Because on a certain level, I feel like you've blown up internationally and way more than I remember you being kind of a viral collective con star of the collective consciousness like mm -hmm. your image and your videos seem to pop up third party and different ways like people bringing attention to it as if i've never met you but you're just this entity that's like yeah more or less kind of i wouldn't say famous but on a certain level yeah like kind of well you know what i'm talking about like kind of like not even just an internet celebrity. Well, it's kind of, it seems like it's a multiple level thing. It's like, you could say Instagram star, but then also I've been involved in getting you in art exhibitions and you, you have a big show opening. Let's talk about this show that's opening. Oh, the show that opened. Uh, oh, did it open already? Yeah. Unit London is, is, uh, is opened uh, January 11th. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, um, I, I cranked that show out in like five or six weeks. Um, I wanted to make a, a new series of self portraits. Um, I had done some multi figure portraits in the spring for interview magazine for one commission. Um, but I was a little bit, uh, afraid with the, with the virus, uh, bringing a lot of people into my studio. So I kind of backpedaled into self portraits again, uh, which, I've done a lot of, and uh, I, I enjoy doing, but it just seemed like the right time this winter to kind of work by myself. Um, so uh, I, and I, I fully conceived and shot and prelimed like all those images. And then the finals, um, I hire my friend, Anna Yatskovich, she's a professional photographer to do like the finished files, but I've got it all worked out. It's just that they come out way better. I she kind of, I don't know her really well, but I know of her, and I've uh, met her a bunch of times through the oh, yeah. jazz scene. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she's great. Because I was spending a lot of time at Small's Jazz Club at a certain point, and she was down at Small's Jazz Club and friend, mutual friends with musicians that I know. Oh, cool. And, of course, you know, I also, aside from being an artist, I also play the saxophone. That's right. I know. You're, you're yeah. a renaissance man, Noah. Yeah, I, 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 How many different things do you do? Well, no, I just, I play the saxophone and I paint and, uh, and I'm run a, a publisher that publishes about art and that's about it. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have, I don't own a house. I don't have a day job. I don't do a lot of things that other people do. And a lot of those other people 
still do creative things and still play instruments and stuff. So I don't know, maybe I'm, my focus is, is narrow enough that I can accomplish what I want to accomplish without um, losing my focus. It's, it's really hard to say. Uh, I feel like I'm in a similar place. I mean, I don't run a magazine or play music, but um, it's, uh, I mean, producing a show like for unit unit, which was unit London, which was, it's an online show um, and the link stays live indefinitely. So everybody can go see it for as long as you want. Uh, it was an interesting, interesting uh, project to do uh, to like, have never pull, I didn't even pull the print strips you know, <laughs> like it was just, everything was done digitally basically. Right. So, um, and that's part of why I worked with Anna for this. So is that an online show or is that a, a physical show as well? It's an online show. Okay. And, and of, if somebody wanted to buy your work, what would they be buying from that show? You're buying the, all the five images are limited edition prints. They come in 46 by 32 edition of three and 23 by 16 addition of five signed and numbered with a certificate right okay uh, because on a certain level it's there's a different kind of way that your work plays out when you watch a video what are you trying to express when you're you have a bag over your head and and a kellogg's cornflakes and milk being poured over your face and to, like is is it just that action that you're trying to present or what like what is um, i think it's a, a pure like a uh, behavioral like work of art um in the moment that's being recorded um and that's the appeal of it on on social media and also in, in art too um i'm kind of uh as much as like i kind of like hacked myself into the character of alex von furstenberg i also can like do like these almost like micro hacks of like i will get the prop like the the box of cereal and the milk and i'll be like okay how do i integrate myself my body or a, a character into mm -hmm. this situation and and the 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 cereal piece uh is uh, like a manifestation of that process i also almost i become a different person by um i have this in incredible like libra uncanny ability to like assimilate myself into things but mm -hmm. never lose a sense of myself um and so with all these resemblage pieces i'm like sort of looking at the prop and i'm like i feel like i'm i morph my my emotions and myself into mm -hmm. the object and were you doing things like this in, in childhood like what um, was there well, any kind of trauma that happened to you as a child <laughs> that would? Uh, yeah, my trauma is that I'm I'm a fucking American. That's my trauma. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, um, there were like, you treated well as a child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was treated pretty well. I mean, my dad's kind of wild, mm -hmm. but uh, but nothing. Did you ever bad. witness anything like what you're doing <laughs> as a child that you went, oh? I'm interested in trauma as a subject. I mean, one was of there the ever an adult in your presence that was like smearing ketchup all over themselves? So, so. Oh. Hmm. Well, you asked about like stuff I did as a kid. And uh, one of the things that I did like that really strikes me as like one of my performances now is that um, I, I loved playing like lots of boys. Uh, I loved playing with uh, my army soldiers and miniature tanks and stuff. And I would I had a foxhole uh, in the yard, uh, like um, near the bushes that I would that I dug and I would dress up as a soldier and get in the foxhole 
and have the, all the miniature soldiers 360 degrees around me. Uh, that kind of sounds like my resemblage hmm. work a lot. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to go into art history or contemporary art, obviously people like Paul McCarthy yeah. would be maybe closer to some of your um, interactions between like food products and the body. And mm. I mean, you could, if I was writing a really historically accurate article about you or something, I might, I might pull up some references or something like sure. that, but just in conversation. Um, I mean, I, mean I, loved, I loved food fights like in school. I was really rowdy as a child. I was a really good okay. artist, always one of the best in school. Maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, Paul McCarthy, for example, he might depict somebody cutting themselves open and having actual human blood spraying all over the place or on covered in blood while they're like, you know, like there's something like kind of about like um, shit and blood and like something way darker than or way less mainstream than ketchup and milk and whipped cream like what you're doing it seems he covered is... himself in real blood i mean i thought he covered I don't himself know if it was real blood. you know i'm not a paul Ketchup. mccarthy historian but i have watched no. some of his videos and i've been to some of his solo yeah. retrospectives specifically that it's like he gets covered in different kinds of materials and it's hard to tell whether it's blood or shit or what it is but it's like um it's not for the whole family at times. <laughs> Whereas I feel like you've been able to create something that's kind of also kind of strange and almost kind of surrealistic Walt Disney or something. Huh. But I, I think I want to add one more thing about food is not only did I start a lot of food fights in school and was always interested in, in food and I threw it right. at teachers and stuff like that. But I know that seems imbecilic, but that shows a tendency. Um, but the other thing, too, is when I was a teenager in my early 20s, I often uh, worked a job as a busboy where I was like completely covered in. Sl I worked in these seafood restaurants on the Jersey Shore and stuff uh -huh. where I'd be like completely covered in food slop by the end of the night. I worked as right. a dishwasher. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Always ended up being kind of a mess. Okay, well, I, that's all I had to say about Paul McCarthy. I actually mm. am disappointed in myself when I drop references to other artists because I don't feel like just I don't feel like making a reference to an to another artist is really an intelligent way to talk about people that you're talking about especially in writing you always see it it's like his work reminds me of Jackson Pollock okay well, it, gives, it, give, it gives the viewer an in you know especially it gives the viewer a kind of reference or sure, think sure. This or think that or whatever but I but, think that like you said I mean I'm I've, and don't forget that the internet, not just art history, my personal history, but the internet is such a big influence. I mean, there's all these weird fetishizations on the internet, like splooshing that have been around for a while, which is people having sex all covered in food. Mm -hmm. um, I'm influenced by that. Um, you know, I'm interested in uh, how the technology sort of um, seems to turn humans into, uh, there's a kind of in, uh, infantil infantilism that seems to happen i think trump is also like was infantile like mm -hmm. like a big baby like we're, <laughs> the higher the technology comes we sort of get more irrational uh and i'm in my work in my resemblage work i'm interested in probing 
probing this, the undercurrents in this by, by wearing it, by becoming it and showing, you know, uh, reacting to it and recording it and sharing it. Mm -hmm. So you embrace the technology. You're not afraid of the technology and you don't think it's a negative intersection. Um, I think it's hard, it's hard to predict, uh, or it's hard to know. I'm just saying, let's say, in, let's say Instagram goes out of business mm -hmm. and there's no Instagram. How, where do you go with your videos? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I would be kind of like what I used to be with my work, which was landlocked. I mean, I got shows like, you knew my stuff, you saw it around mm -hmm. a little bit, but I wasn't in biennials and uh you know i wasn't being swooned over by the art world so the result mm -hmm. was is a lot of my work didn't get seen that's the other thing about instagram by the way is that my mm -hmm. whole history has been like un unlocked all mm -hmm. of it everything all the videos i'm a really good editor now i know how to mo move all my media and and get it out and mm -hmm. etc but if um I, I guess if there was no instagram uh, noah the thing is is like i'll i'll make art with like whatever the situation is like i honestly, always thought that um you should do a show of videos along with photo stills, but that it I would did. be nice to see like. Well, at Contra, I did that. Remember? And oh, it, did you? Yeah, and okay. remember we had a, there was a big monitor with. A, I think I was actually out of New York. You were in. Was, you were out of town. That's right. I think yeah. I was in Canada at, when your show opened. Yeah, because it was like it was after. January, and you're usually. I missed that one. Yeah. Yes. And you had some. A, girl on a pedestal or something i did that was um that was uh, a, a an interpretation of a which i don't usually make direct art historical references but it was it um an interpretation of louise bourgeois's the arch of hysteria so i had a woman painted gold like uh sort of suspended from the ceiling uh writhing around because mm -hmm. i thought that was like um really beautiful and what are you planning on? Do you make a long-term plan or do you just go from project to project? I go from project to project. Right now I am doing, uh, I've gone right into, as a matter of fact, like when I was doing the unit show, I was already in production for a, I'm producing four videos uh, for a, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it yet, but uh, mm -hmm. I have a four video commission that I'm working on. They're kind of like infomercials. They'll mm -hmm. be on, they'll be online. It's, it's, it's a great project. It's very, it's actually very challenging. Like, it's really like, I have to like act like, like my character, David, nobody like, which is mm -hmm. really wild, much wilder than I am. Um, uh, and try and kind of like sell these fake products, uh, as a sort of resemblage sculpture. It's a, it's a very interesting challenge. So I just made one and I have a couple more to make in the next two weeks. Hmm. Well, that's, that sounds really good. So, Obviously, people can find you on Instagram, um, David Henry Nobody Jr. on Instagram. Is that? That's yep. That's that guy. Yes, mm -hmm. that's where you find. And uh, your your work appears in different viral websites and has been distributed around the the internet um, and in art magazines. Uh, like we have a current uh, our current feature is about David right now at whitehotmagazine.com. And. We are looking forward to seeing what you're going to do next. Yeah, the world is changing like crazy, like crazy mm -hmm. changes. And um, I am, um, but that question about the, um, about, the, about the technology, I mean, I think you have, to, you have to embrace what's around you. 
as an artist. You're going to have to, no matter what it is, whether there's, whether there's Instagram or not, you're going to, I mean, you and I, we make work no matter what is happening, basically. So I'm going to work with whatever's around me. I work with what I can get my hands on and what's happening basically. Uh, But yeah, no, I think that my, my work is going to keep changing uh, like, like crazy. But I do think that, at 53 years old, uh, the resemblage body of work represents the culmination of like um, like 30 years of really different periods where, like I said in, in the great White Hot uh, interview that you published with Coco, uh, my retrospective like is from period to period will be even wilder than Picabia's. Maybe not as good. I'm not saying that, but it's just it'll be very w- wildly different from period to period. So uh, I kind of feel like with the the technology's ability to like kind of uh, mash everything together. I'm kind of compressing all these different things and, and I'll go forward from there. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for being our guest today and we'll definitely be in touch over the next little while. And I'll have an eye on what you're working on as always. And uh, thank you for your support and your friendship over the years. You got it, Noah. And likewise, I I look forward to uh, hearing, hearing about what you're up to. Take care. We'll be in touch. Take care. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the White Hot Magazine of Contemporary Art podcast with your host, Noah Becker.